my name is Rebecca Scubin. I'm from Westlock, Alberta, and I'm a third year student here at St. Therese. This Sunday, Easter Sunday, we're going to be reflecting on John 20, verses 1 through 18. This gospel account is one that is deeply intimate and personal. There's something about the quietness of this appearance of Jesus. In his resurrected body, alive and whole, he doesn't descend upon the scene with fanfare, but comes quietly and gently. We are told that Mary Magdalene comes to the tomb while it is still dark. This is an insight into the literal time of day that Mary comes to the tomb, but also into her inner state. She comes to the tomb while it is still dark within her, while she is still experiencing an absence of hope. It is still nighttime in the heart of Mary Magdalene, and for good reason. She saw the crucifixion of Jesus with her own eyes. Upon arrival to the tomb, Mary discovers that the stone has been rolled away. The tomb is empty, and her first thought is that Jesus' body must have been stolen. So she rushes back to inform the disciples of this disappearance, and Peter and John come running to the tomb to investigate. John arrives first, and Peter comes second. It's worth noting the difference between their last encounters with Jesus. Peter's last encounter with Jesus was after he denied him three times. John's was at the foot of the cross, where Jesus gives John Mary as his mother. So John, even though he arrives first, waits for Peter to enter the tomb. For all the intensity of John's love and for all of Peter's weakness, there's still a deference of John to Peter because of his authority and his position among the disciples. At first, grave robbers seem to be the reason for Jesus' disappearance from the tomb. But as we read what Peter and John saw, the details point to something very different. The linen cloths which Jesus had been wrapped in had been left in the tomb, and unwrapping the body would have been a strange thing for the grave robbers to have done. And the fact that the cloth which covered his head was rolled up suggests an intentionality about the whole thing. This was not something that was done haphazardly, which John is making very clear in his account. While the evidence is suggesting that something extraordinary has occurred, the idea of the resurrection is still far beyond anything that the disciples could even speculate at this point. Jesus has in the past alluded to his death and resurrection, but has never outright said that he would be raised from the dead. The pieces only come together in retrospect. At this point, John experiences a spark of belief, not yet that Jesus has been raised, but that God has been at work. But nevertheless, Peter and John return to their homes. Mary Magdalene, however, stays by the tomb and weeps. Mary waits in the ache. She perseveres even in the darkness of her own soul. At this point, Mary encounters two angels in the tomb of Jesus. And unlike most people who in the Old Testament have encountered angels, Mary seems strikingly unafraid. She is completely focused on her longing for Christ in this moment. And then with the dawn comes Jesus. He meets Mary Magdalene in the garden and asks, Woman, why are you weeping? Whom do you seek? Jesus' use of the title woman is conveying a connection between Mary Magdalene and Eve, the first woman. It's used here in the primordial sense as an archetype. This meeting, which takes place in a garden, is meant to harken back to the Garden of Eden, to the very beginning. Jesus has made all things new. Mary doesn't recognize Jesus in his resurrected state. Assuming that Jesus is the gardener, she asks him, to show her where he has laid the body of Jesus so that she can take him away. And Jesus does just that. He shows her precisely what has become of the body in the tomb when he calls her name. And with this, Mary's mourning turns to joy. Jesus sends her forth from this meeting to tell his disciples that he has been raised from the dead. 
And this is why Mary is often called the Apostle to the Apostles, because she was the one who bore the good news to the Apostles, and from there they proclaimed it to the world. So as a reflection, our dreams and desires may be buried before they are resurrected. We each of us experience the cross and the tomb in our lives in some way or another. We know what it's like to experience suffering and disappointment, what it's like to bury our hope. But with the resurrection of Jesus comes the resurrection of hope. Jesus wants to fulfill the desires of our hearts. He wants to meet us in the place of loss, in the place of our mourning, and make it a garden. As we celebrate the resurrection today, I would invite you to allow Jesus into your hearts, into those areas of disappointment and of loss, and allow him to speak hope and to bring life. In the words of Pope Francis, Christ is alive and he is our hope. Like, share, and subscribe to us on YouTube and on all major podcasting platforms.